This, 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 this is mythical. Ooh, welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting. I, I, I was trying to like cue you that this was gonna be more of a sensual start. Yeah, I didn't wanna follow you there. Yeah. <laughs> So the music. I decided not to. I hope the music started sensual and then like once Rhett didn't follow me, it's like zoop, it went away, but not with a record scratch. The music is always the same. These are edit notes, Don't no record scratches. The music has always been the same. So you, you can make it sensual in your own mind. Like, I, oh, trust <coughs> me, I have. And I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to you. Oh. Your biscuitier. Trust me, they uh, have. You can make, I believe, one of the reasons that we picked the theme song that we did pick for Ear Biscuits is because you can make it say anything. You can make it sad, you can make it happy, you can make it sensual. It's one note. Boop, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. boop, it can be anything. No, literally. It can go anywhere. You know how sometimes when you're just uh, sitting there and there's a noise that starts happening over and over again in a rhythm, like it might be a fan that's getting caught or something like that, and then it kinda begins to make a little rhythm and you think uh, you got a song on your hands. Ooh, but it's, maybe. A, it's a slow jam that then, starts with boop, 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 yeah, boop, no, boop, Listen, <laughs> it could be an R. Kelly song. Well, we probably shouldn't bring R. Kelly into it, but it could be any kind of thing that you want it to be. You know, and I think that that's what? That's, that's what Ear Biscuits is all about. It's what you make it. Well, that's not really true and we know that. Um, We're gonna be talking about relationships. We ask you, challenge our advice giving prowess with your most difficult romance questions. Yeah. Such, a, such a pretentious way to ask a question. Well that's, that's our MO, isn't it? Um, we so like to think that we've got great answers to everything. It, it, was, it was tongue in cheek, it was facetious, I'm sorry if you didn't interpret it that way. Reading your own copy on the internet. Um, we are going to, yeah, get into some relationship mess. We're I would not gonna, be talking that way at any point. We're gonna stir it up and and get the aromas eking out. Oh, come on. And then we're gonna taste the soup, baby. There will be no eking and there will be no ta tasting. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting choked up. Okay, my, I'll I stop. I think my throat problem's coming back. We're just, we're uh -oh. talking about. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're talking about relationship. It, advice is a tough word. We're just gonna, we, you we're know. We're gonna give some, we're gonna give our perspective. Maybe that's helpful. We're just gonna chat. We're gonna Maybe chat it up and give our POV on uh, the L-U-V. Am I gonna start? I'll push this out and I need to pull it back in. Um, sure. So let's just get into a question, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. Gina Hare, my boyfriend sometimes goes days without showering. How do I politely tell him he smells like moldy Swiss without hurting his feelings? Well, first of all, I, I mean, a follow-up question is, is this just a, uh, is this, is she being sensational? Or does he really smell like moldy Swiss? Well, that's a very specific, Observation. If he goes days without showering and he's uh, he's like the mean average, that's redundant, of activity, he's probably gonna smell. But everybody like a, smells like a different thing. And if you eat a lot of cheese. Uh, let's, just, let's, ex let's just accept this question at face value that yes, he does, does smell like, like Swiss moldy cheese. Swiss. Cause but, Swiss already stinks. It's, it, it, okay, so he stinks. It stinks, but then it tastes good. Does oh. he taste good? That's the, that's the question. <laughs> Gosh, um, your your lips taste like Swiss, <laughs> but they are. But your body smells like Swiss. So this is a zero sum game. This is a problem. I I will say that. Well, I think if you go days without showering, that's the problem. The, I, well, I, I don't know. And I then mean, if you're dating a person who goes days without showering, that is a second problem. But showering is a modern day phenomenon. I, you know, I, I, but then I also think it's a problem that Gina's asking, how do I politely tell her? That is the real problem. I, I think if, you know. Don't need to be polite. Well, <laughs> first of all, I think this is a foundation that that I think we're of perspective that we're going to bring to all of these relationship questions, and some of them are going to are going to get a lot more uh, weighty than this first one. Mm. I'll just go ahead and, and, yeah, and yeah. tell you it's going to get real. But even for this one, I I will say 
it can't be a question of am I gonna say something or not. First of all, you can't live or be in a relationship with somebody who stinks if or smells in a way that you don't like them to. And you and secondly, you have to be able to find a way to talk about it. And it's I, I don't think politely is the right adjective adverb. I mean that, that you're looking for. I think it's effectively and lovingly have the conversation. Another way to say what you're getting at. Say it in another way. The foundation is communication. Communication. And uh, you're asking this question, Gina, as if you're talking about a coworker. You know, in terms of the way that we see communication, so like right. it, I might have an acquaintance or I might have a coworker or I might have, you know, if, you, if you're in school, you might have a classmate that has a problem with their hygiene. And you, you would ask the question, how do I politely address this? How do I politely right. address this situation with somebody that I don't know well enough to just talk to them about it openly? But when you're in the relationship with somebody. Hurting his feelings. You're, it's beyond. You it, wanna be beyond that place. So I don't know, maybe this is a very new relationship. And so, but if this, is, if this relationship is a serious dating relationship and this is beyond like, I actually just said Siri, serious, and then Siri came up. Go ahead, I'm listening, she says. Uh, Siri, what do you think about this answer? I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> um, anyway, what was your point? My point was is that. Make, um, her, make her stop listening. Yeah, quit listening, Siri. Golly. Is that. You should be beyond this in, in the relationship. I'm assuming that this is a serious dating relationship and you have to find, there's a deeper problem here. You gotta get to a place where you can have communication where this kind of stuff is being addressed. Like yeah. you, if, if, if I smell my, my wife smells right, which she doesn't, but if she did we smell all right. We all do at some point. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. your breath stinks or. I, yeah, I let her know and she lets me know. And it's, and it's, it's just part of the, it's part of the contract, to, uh, the honesty contract. And so you just get to things a lot more quickly. If you're concerned about hurting your partner's feelings when it comes to them not showering for three days and you telling them that they stink, then you're in for a world of challenges in conducting a relationship when there are like the real stuff hits the fan. When it really stinks. And you've got, and, and you're gonna hurt their feelings. Now, I mean, when Christy tells me, man, your, your breath stinks or did you eat garlic for lunch? Because you're like reeking. Yeah, okay, if, if, if the wrong people are in the room when she says that and she says it in the wrong way, then it might hurt my feelings a little bit, but I cannot have a relationship where the person that I trust and love the most can't tell me when I am, when I don't realize I'm doing something offensive. Right. That's the, that's the, that's the bedrock of a relationship. You gotta look out for each other. So I think to answer your question, that's how you approach it. It's not a complaint that like, hey, you stink, I don't like how you smell, but it's like, hey, I'm looking out for you. We are a team. We gotta make sure neither one of us stinks. Right. And you're the one who does. And it probably to do with the fact that you don't shower enough. Yeah, well, and halitosis is the biggest offender here. Let me just bring that into it and we'll move on to another question. I don't yeah. wanna take so much time on this one, but what happens when one of the, one of the people in the relationship has halitosis and it's not addressed by the person who obviously smells it. Two things happen. The first thing that happens is um, it yeah. just it settles in, it locks in, and then twenty years down the road, there's just you've learned to live with it. You're one of those people that when you open your mouth at a grocery store, in the aisle next to you, I can tell the cereal boxes melt. Somebody with halitosis is opening their mouth. It could be <laughs> yawning, could be talking. <laughs> Link and I are super hypersensitive to it, probably and it makes to an us really angry, annoying level. But because it's so easily addressed in ninety nine percent of the cases by a partner, but the partner's the one who has to address it. Right? Don't let this be perpetuated. You're creating Gosh. a you're creating a problem for society. society. I was at a freaking restaurant recently, enjoying time with my family, and there was a husband and wife, and it's usually dudes. Let me just go ahead and say, it. dudes got bad breath most of the time. I don't know something about what's happening in our bodies. I don't We're know. not talking about something you eat, we're talking about something that's living there. And dude sits down with his wife and like 15 seconds into him sitting down, apparently he opened his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and it drifted over to your family. It, and, and Jesse and I immediately made eye contact and just started shaking our heads. And like, the He's partner. got it, and it's a specific bacteria. It's 
prevalent all across the world. And you know you who's sh- you know who's at fault? The person dining with him and not saying anything. The person who's closest, who's in denial. How the heck are you supposed to say something? How a so waiter ca- can't say anything? Catch it early. Catch sh- it often. Be honest. Attack the stink at the heart. And you know what? Fart in a relationship early. Just get it out yeah, there. Yeah, I know people who have gone many, many years and have not farted in front of each other. And then there's there's another hangup where people don't like to, uh, like you're you're I've been in your your bathroom at home. Now my bathroom at my home, the toilet is sequestered, secluded. I love it. Isolated. A sequestered toilet. It's 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 is in its a own closet? little closet. But every other house I've ever lived in, it was just out in the open. And in your house, it's out in the open. I'm fixing it. I'm building a cardboard. I'm cardboard. No, no, no. But I think that this is actually great because I mean, there's got to be times when you're taking a dump and Christy's brushing her teeth, right? I mean, this <laughs> is <laughs> no, because I use the I go downstairs and use the guest bathroom for that. Well, you're not backing up my point. What I'm saying is, <laughs> is that now I can respect somebody who's like, we want to keep the romance alive. I've, I've got close friends. I, I'm not saying you take a you take a turd you, drop. <laughs> In front of your spouse or your loved one. Okay, maybe I've taken it too far. But you've got to go too far to know when to come back from it. Okay, so don't necessarily take dumps in front of each other. You wouldn't follow me into talking like this, but you expect me to follow you into that? No. My wife, Christy, Mm -hmm. you know, we're ordering at a restaurant, and if it, and I'm like, I I hear her order, and then I'm like, now that has marinara in it. You know that makes you burp a lot. I'm like, I don't marinara? want. Marinara? Marinara makes her burp. Specifically. Like, and so then the rest of the night she's doing that thing where it's like, oh like it, gosh. it's oh, like man. she doesn't like, Bruh. yeah, you get in the car and then you, you, you <laughs> then you just smell it. Well, it's not even the smell of the thing. I can't. It is for me. Well, the smell, the smell's not great, but I honestly don't smell it as much as it just annoys me when it's just like, she does that like trying to sh- yeah. to not exude a burp. I call it but, the chili dog burp. <laughs> well, we call it the the Coach Royal because <laughs> our <laughs> grade school coach would always like under his breath. And he like, thought by stopping talking and going, <laughs> he was hiding it from like us Like his all. cheeks no, would no, get we, big. We know what's happening, Coach. We see that you're burping and then but, swallowing but it. But it's like, it's acid reflux. It's a problem or something. I think, hey, that's what's happening with my throat, And I'm like, man. don't. Acid reflux. And I'm like, don't get the marinara. She's like, but I love the marinara. Get the Alfredo. It's like, well. But I, you know what? We have an open, honest conversation about it. Nobody's feelings are hurt, and we both get a little annoyed, but I mean, what what is love if you're not annoyed? It's part, I mean, that is a sign that you're truly, we'll get we'll, to this. We'll get in, we Let, will get into that. There's another one. Well, we're, we're like 13 minutes in, so I do wanna stop for a second. Take sell a, something? Take a short break. Okay, sure. And let you know that. Ear Biscuits is supported by Mattress Firm. If I were a king, and there's nobody knocking on my door or emailing me to offer me a kingship anywhere, but let's say I check my email after this Ear Biscuit, and somebody's like, I wanna make you king. I'll be like, it doesn't even matter. Then I would say, you know what, I don't want a throne, I want a bed. Because I got in my bed the other night and I was just thinking, this place is my throne. This is my, people say the toilet's a throne, that's stupid. The bed is the place where you rule, where where you sleep. Well, I'm I'm not gonna list all the things, but, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a, it's an important, special place that you gotta get right. You see what I'm getting at? <laughs> I'm getting at Mattress uh, Firm. Yes. And if I'm king, everybody's gonna get a free mattress from Mattress Firm. <laughs> but that's, you're <laughs> not, not the offer yet. You're not king. <laughs> right. But Mattress Firm is America's neighborhood mattress store, <laughs> and they let you stretch your budget further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. But they're because more than, the, you have to stretch your budget further because your king's not gonna step in and do it right, for you. That's right, because not everybody's a king. Now they're more than just uh, mattress experts. They have the whole package that helps you transform your mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They got it all. They got you covered, literally and figuratively. If you just go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, you can see what deals are happening right now. They even got a 120 night sleep trial. 120 nights, man. That's, that's right. A, you can trial it out. That's, that's risk free. Feel like a king. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast. Rule your bed kingdom. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved 
your excellence. Ear Biscuits is also supported by HelloFresh. Hello. Now, Fresh, there are people who know what they're going to eat like ahead of time, right? People who like plan their meals. People who like write out what they need for all their meals and they go and they grocery shop and they, the McLaughlins are not those people. Those are great people but you're not in that I category. love those people. The McLaughlins are not those people. The McLaughlins are always running around by the seat of our pants making last minute decisions and my wife is always texting me at 5.30, what do you want for dinner? What are we gonna do? We're gonna order out, we're gonna make something. Do you feel like making something? I don't feel like making something. Maybe I should make something. We have this conversation and honestly it breeds conflict. But there are the sweet nights, I call them. <laughs> and those are the nights in which HelloFresh has come and we know exactly what we're gonna have. We have everything we need to make it and we do not have that discussion because we just say HelloFresh and we eat it as a family smiling at all one another. Well we Neil's our planners and I'll tell you, that doesn't mean that we got our meal game down. It's extremely difficult to do that. So even for planners, it's hard to actually follow through with that. So HelloFresh, We've really been enjoying it, it's helped us. Uh, if you don't know, HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef curated recipes that change weekly and you choose from one of three plans, classic, veggie, and family. You choose a delivery day for when works best for your busy schedule and you can pause the accounts for weeks when you're out of town. The food comes in the right proportions with the recipe that's easy to follow. You can knock it out, make it in 30 minutes. And if your family's like mine, then we eat it in like 12. Yes. Because uh, we like to wolf things down. The cool thing, is, we signed up for the veggie one just to experience that. You find yourself cooking things on your own that you've never tried before. So you kind of get out of your comfort zone, which is, which is fun. Um, it's a family experience for us that has been made conveniently easy by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter EAR30, E-A-R-30, HelloFresh.com, EAR30. Now on with the biscuit. Kaylee Kathleen Bentley submitted to us, an ex of mine well, she had- didn't, She did not submit to us, she just- Submitted to us this question. Yeah. An ex of mine, <laughs> God. An ex of mine had an incredible personality, amazing taste in music, a great sense of style. We had the same political views and even our dreams for the future were pretty much aligned. I'm sensing a butt here. A big old butt. The only negative was that he had a pretty insane amount of facial hair. Hmm. Facial hair? It would get in the way of our kisses constantly because it huh. essentially grew over his lips. I'm not kidding when I say this thing had a mind of its own. What would have been a polite way, polite again? What would have been a polite way of offering to help trim it or keep it clean if only for the benefit of other women? Hashtag your biscuits. Oh, I mean, obviously I take personal offense at this. We uh, actually made it, we made a video about kissing and having a beard. Sponsored by Gillette. Yeah. And it was, it was me shaving my face and saying that I was a superior kisser because of it. Now, how to kill a beard I think is what I changed the name to. Kaylee, here's what I will say. It may be true that uh, it's more fun to kiss a man without a beard, uh, but it is not more fun to look at this man without a beard. So I'm a lot less kissable without this beard because I look like a, an alien that was abandoned on another planet. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> on another planet. Yeah, not his own planet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Not, I you like not an this, alien. Not this planet. So, so two two things. It's an alien that didn't not even make of, it to not us. Not of the human race. I got you. And then abandoned by whatever race he is a part of. Just, so it's better to be kissed and and have a uh, a compromised experience than to not entice someone to kiss you at all. But I was just saying that as a prelude because my real answer to the question is that um, I think that the sensation that you feel when you kiss a bearded person is something that you actually adjust to relatively quickly. Like if you think that beards this, are gross. Are you speaking from what Jesse has told you? Yes. Okay. Um, it's the kind of thing that if you've never kissed a bearded person, I assume that you you notice and you experience the beard and you may have a negative experience with the beard, but I think that experience, I mean, I think that ki multiple kisses, eventually it's just like, it's just part of their face but and you no longer says, think about she it. She says that it grows over the lips and I have seen guys with that no, and I, essentially and I, grew over his and, lips. And I will say that I do, 
I trim. You right, cut it across. Right, right above the lips. I do that for my own benefit because if I don't do that, then the, when I'm eating, it pushes hair into my mouth, which I hate. Uh, but I think that this is just, a, I think you could have had a great relationship um, if you had just committed to the beard. However, again, with what you were getting at, this whole, how do I politely suggest, if you didn't like the beard and it was a, it was a deal breaker for you and he wouldn't look like an alien, without his beard, then you should have just, don't worry about being polite. If it's part of the relationship well, and there's all this stuff that, I'm not saying be a, a jerk about it. Yeah, I just think this is easy. I mean, if you tell a guy that you're dating, dude, I really desire to kiss you and have an enjoyable experience while we're doing that, but I, can't, but I, I, need, you to, I need you to trim back the hedge. Make, make me a target. Like I can't even tell that you have a mouth right now. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know if, if where to begin. Um, if you say that, like I'm very very motivated to kiss you. This is not an ultimatum, but this it. I am just saying honestly that this will make it a better experience for both of us. I guarantee you that thing will be zipped across. Yeah, yeah. If it's that big of a priority, then you just got to address it, and they got to deal with it. And if they end up looking crazy after they get rid of it, then maybe you'll change well, your mind. I, I can't imagine having the mustache just go straight across the mouth. That seems crazy to me. Well, a lot of some people are willing to grow it so far that they then push it to the push side. Push it, to yeah, the but then side. it's to the side. You got again. You got to. You got to like work so, as team. It as sounds teammates. like a bad beard management situation. Right. Really is what it boils down to. So far, it seems like these. These women gotta swoop in and help their men with some just basic hygiene. Let, let's have a question. Uh, that should never a, be apologized. A for. little bit more serious. All right, Hit Timothy Coupland. In all seriousness, is there a question mark at the end of his last name? Or? Yeah, it's weird. I, I've never, I've never, I've never seen that. In all seriousness, studies show that after around three to six months, the initial hormones that make you crazy in love wear off. And in fact, your body grows tired of the other person's pheromones. What should a person do to keep a relationship going during this time? Um, Three to six months, you say you fall out of that like infatuation level of love. Well, let, let's just start by saying, I don't know if the science is, I, I, you may be right about this. I have not researched this particular thing. I don't know if the specific thing that you're saying about the pheromones is true, but I do know that the concept of the crazy in love, initial sparks, crazy about each other in the first few months of getting to know each other wears off. That is a that is a truth of yeah. all relationships. So it's really a question. I think it's a great test of when that inevitably happens. Um, does something more enticing in a different way replace it? You know, um, it's a different kind of love. I think, you know, we've, May, I, I will have been married to Christy for 18 years. Uh -huh. And then and then for you in. June will be 17. June will be 17 years of marriage and then you add a couple of years of dating. So this anniversary, I mean this, by the end of this year it'll be 20 years of us being in like a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time thinking back to like when when things started to shift, you know, but I certainly know that you don't make it years, much less decades, just based on uh, f just feelings. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's you start to, I mean, it, it's commitment, you start to act Within the within the confines, confines not the right word. Within the within the a relationship structure that it doesn't have a question mark on the end of it, you know, where it's hey, we are we are in this together. We're now we're we're fully committed. It's not about questioning that. So I, it is a really important decision, you know, to to make a commitment, whether that's in marriage or you know just conversationally i guess you know wherever you're at in your relationship but you've got to i lost my train of thought well, what was I, I saying can i hop on the train hop on i yeah 
Did you take the train? Is that what happened? Exactly. I was, it's a new technique. I, That's what it's true. I, I read a wiki how on it and it worked. <laughs> it's like, why I did totally I forget what I was saying? I totally didn't expect to be able it. to get the train of thought. <laughs> I think we're on the same train, incidentally. Um, yeah, th- this initial infatuation that is, you know, the reason that you fall in love, it's there for a very particular reason, right? It's like, uh, and we'll get into this in a little bit. You know, I think that if you just if you just follow your raw natural desires, uh, apart from any kind of uh, social contract or obligations or like what's ultimately best for you, your family, and the world, you're going to be a serial cheater, a, ser- a person who's a, a you know even a serial monogamous, whatever whatever the flavor of the month is, that's what you're kind of naturally going to gravitate towards because that initial rush, uh, it's, it's physiological, there's stuff that's happening to you. Why did you say serial monogamous? That, that confused me. Well, because some people are serial cheaters and then some people are serial monogamous, meaning they go for, they're still there with one person at a time, but they, they run oh. out of steam with a person and they go to the next one. Uh, okay. So they're not necessarily you know, being unfaithful to the person they're with. But it's the same kind of concept. It's like, I've got to have something new like that kind of releases those, you know, gets that part of my brain active and almost like a drug. And the the falling in love experience. But if that's what you're expecting from a relationship. Now, first of all, I will say having been married almost 17 years and 18 years here is that it does come in cycles. So I think that, now first of all, it's not like, well, there's this initial incredible energy that starts the relationship and then you know 3 to 6 months in you're just cold and you don't want to be with a person and you just you're just you just stick with it. Well no, that's not what we're saying at all. No. But if you have a, the mentality that Link was describing that's based on commitment and you're you're uh you're committed to continuing to discover each other and know each other and and kindle things, it's going to come in waves. And and that's that's what but I the forgot. Com- the and just, commitment is separate from the waves. And I would say my experience is that um, a commitment between Christy and I opened up a world of possibilities for us to then, um, ex- you know, experience relationship on another level. That if if there's this constant be it ever so small threat or question mark in our relationship that maybe this isn't going to work out or maybe maybe she, she's not 100% committed or I'm not 100% into this and you know what if you take that off the table it it just opens up a world of trust so then you can experience everything that life throws at you and that relationships and being the closest to somebody else on earth. To have somebody in your inner circle, like um, so close to you that it's like they become part of you is something that I, I just can't imagine that happening if, if you have question marks. So once you, so for us having that commitment allowed us to then weather, it, it's not even weather like the 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 rough patches in the relationship, which are I think are guaranteed to come, and again and again, and it, you know sometimes well, because the love, the nature of the can, love, and you can grow. I mean, it, well, it those are beautiful moments. Well, I'm saying even rough patches become beautiful moments, like when 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 life hits you hard and you have somebody that you're going through it with. It can be a very beautiful thing if you're not constantly questioning. And it. I think that the 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 rush that you get from uh, love that's been around for over a decade, there are moments that are even stronger and more significant than the initial attraction. A lot of times we talk about how we didn't have any idea what we were doing. We were young, we got lucky, honestly. Both of us got very lucky uh, because a lot of people uh, who get married at the age that we got married at and then change because we have changed. A I was lot. twenty. I was twenty-one when I got married. Yeah, and I, I turned twenty-two the, the week after. And and I was twenty-three. And as a forty-year-old, I'm a very different person than I was at twenty-three. My wife is a very different person than she was at twenty nineteen. Nineteen when we got married, 
And a lot of people don't make it past those significant changes. Like in your late 20s, there's, a, there's big life changes. In your early 30s, big mid 30s, there's these big changes that happen in most people's lives. Mm-hmm. And um, we just got lucky that, but th- there was a luck factor to it, I do believe, because we do love each other and we do like each other. Like we g- do genuinely like each other. We're not tolerating each other. Um, but I think the moments that we've had, you know, in the past 10 years have been much more, ultimately much more intense when it comes to romance than they were in the very early stages. I also think that I never believed in like a soul, like um, is it soulmate what you call the person that like the one person you were like destined to be with? Well, which is, I mean, I'll ask this question as you get into this because okay. Dustin Israel says short and simple, I wanna know how you guys, would define true love as in the kind you have for your own wives. What got you there? How did you know that this is it? Not that you can always put a real definition to the idea, but as an avid ear biscuits, as an avid ear biscuitier, I'm curious to see where you two take this conversation. So, what's true love? Saying you don't believe in soulmates. Well, no, I think that I. That's just what I've always thought. Like I always believe that you know, human beings being deeply flawed, it's guaranteed that when you're in such a close-knit relationship with somebody, when you partner up, that things are, you know, there's all those flaws are gonna, it's gonna be difficult. And it's, so that's the first thing I've always believed is that you, you're not gonna find the perfect person that there's never gonna be any problems. Like, it's just guaranteed. It's that part person of, doesn't exist. It's part exist. of the ingredients. The, per, the, the, the per, ingredients are flawed people, so it's gonna be The perfect person cra- doesn't exist. The perfect match for you doesn't exist because the only perfect match for you is yourself. And then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And which could be really horrible. So I, you know, I think giving, bringing, No, no, I'm not saying another person who is exactly yourself. I'm just saying the only person you're ever gonna get along with is your own mind. And I, yeah, and, and I, even know, th- I know you're saying th- that. Even then you can't even get and along And I'm saying that might, be, it, that might be a lot worse than giving yourself over to just oh, yeah, yeah. loving yourself than allowing another flawed person so closely intertwined into your life that they make you a better person and you make them a better person. I, so in believing that, I think that's what made me start believing that there's no one that's perfect so Therefore, there's no one person that I'm looking for as much as, for me, I, you know, you you find yourself being very attracted and then loving somebody and then, you know, it's a combination of that and then compatibility and, um, and, com- and commitment. Like, I mean, being aligned in terms of the things that you want for yourself f- from a partner and f- in life, um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotional, but also practical aspects to it that I just don't think it's. And I think it's you know you being aligned enough to know that like we're it makes it can work for on paper for us to be partners. Well, yeah, I think it's again we're not trying to take the romance out of this thing, but I think it's a lot more practical than anyone ever really wants to believe. I, it's not that we're taking romance out of it, it's that romance checks itself out and well, then you have to work to bring it back in well, occasionally. It, well, to, to get back to the soulmate thing and, and then the, to address this question of how you know you're supposed to be with somebody. I think that uh, just the concept of there being one person that has been selected for you uh, by some cosmic force, uh, it's a beautiful idea but the, the reality seems to be that it's much more practical than that. You met somebody at a time when you were available, you were in a life stage where you were ready to get into a serious relationship, and they they checked some boxes of physical attraction and common interest, and, and then the next thing you know, you find yourself married. Um, and I think that there's a very practical side to it, and it doesn't mean that it's not love, but I think that the love comes um, in in that commitment that kind of surpasses the, because what happens is, go, going back to that previous question is like, 
you're also going to find there's going to be somebody else along along the lines that you meet, and you're like, well, I I'm attracted to them, and I have I I have common interest with them. It's like, well, maybe that I should be with them instead of the person that I'm with. I mean, that happens in relationships all the time. But what you don't realize is that if she was on the other foot, and you were with the person that you think you should be with, and you met the person that you're with now, you'd probably have the same exact thought about them. And I I you do know? I I do feel like I should jump in here. I think we, we I, there's cer- certainly a balancing perspective for somebody who's been through a divorce or had in, been in a really committed relationship and then there was a really catastrophic breakup. Um and then on the other side of that, you haven't experienced um true love or f- found another partner. You know, it's I, so That's I, totally I do want to acknowledge that you and I, we we have basically the same experience. So and we I, got lucky. Like that's why I said I don't. I don't. I want to be very clear to say that I don't think. Well, I'm still with my wife because I understand commitment. A big part of it is that Jesse and I have realized as we've gotten older that we actually like each other, even as we've changed, we still like each other. And that has made the ability to stay committed easier because I think there are people who go through fundamental changes in personality or worldview and then they cannot be compatible in a way or, that makes or, it tolerable life, to live with someone. Or life situation. And some people stick it out and they get through that and some people decide, you know what, we've collectively decided that we both want different lives and I respect that decision. So I'm not saying that this means you can't make those decisions. So I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we both got lucky. And the fact that it's still is still working out. Yeah, I, I I think to summarize that we in no way want the perspective that we're giving to be interpreted as moral advice. You know, we're giving or a judgment of some kind or any judgment. Um, Just giving you our perspective. You know, I mean, my dad. I, I'm I've he's been married a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, my mom's been married three times. My dad's been married five times. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's um, it's it's something that I've le- I've learned to. I think I used to try to, to I, I judge that as a, as as a kid or like as a newlywed, you know, and that wasn't that wasn't fair. Um, so that's the last thing I want to do to any to you listening. Yeah, so it's really just the individual relationship that you're in right now. If if you if there if you have. If you love each other and you are compatible, then just know that the romance is gonna is going to come and go, and the commitment has to. If you're gonna stay together, the commitment has to to uh, supersede it. Okay, uh, let's move on to a different subject from Melissa Eberhart. Should my husband, your age, forty? Ooh, thanks. Ouch. And I, not forty. Come on, Melissa. Ooh, that's like me. Give in to the baby pressure. Neither of us have kiddos, though. Thought I should ask some brilliant. No, okay, now you're <laughs> on a good side. 40-year-olds, if they would ever consider. I am not 40. Dadhood, starting at this age, and maybe I can convince him one way or another, so we quit going back and forth. So uh, she wants to have a baby. She's almost 40. And there's Her a, over 40 husband doesn't seem to be. She doesn't, no, she did, she did not say she wants to have a baby. She said, should I give in to the baby pressure? So she's probably got relatives. They just don't know what they wanna do and they're probably having a but bunch of conversations. She, to, to me, but and then and she said the word convince. That's what gets me. No, maybe I can convince him one way or another. Oh. So we quit going back and forth. So okay. I, he just doesn't have his mind made up and she apparently doesn't either. And there's a question that we wanted to lump in with this one because we think we can answer them together. Nat Pua. Pua. Wife, huh? Pua. Pua, that's what I said. I'm just saying it because I like the way it sounds. Pua. Okay, you done? Nah, I'll say it a few more times, but go ahead. Pua. Wife and I are expecting our first child in June. Up, oh, I've already done it. She <sighs> is worried that this marks the end of all things romantic, dates, etc. As parents and husbands yourselves, any pro advice? Mm. Again, we are not pros, but we are. Brilliant, brilliant 40 year olds. Husbands and uh, parents. Oh man, yeah, well, the the having kids at 40 plus is a specific thing, but ha- well, having- let's not, let's not, because the, the LA, uh, let's just assume these people are on the Los Angeles timeline. One of the things that- I'm we, just saying that's a specific question. It, it is, but 
I think that having been out here and realizing that we are the very, very odd case that has, you know, you've got a high schooler and I've got somebody who's about to be a high schooler. And like out here, people don't start their families until they're in their late 30s or 40s. So this is actually not that unusual, at least out here. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't wanna get into the age necessarily, but because we're actually, we've been talking to some friends of ours who have been asking the question like, they're friends with us and a lot of other people who have kids and they're just like, should we have kids? You know, and uh, mm -hmm. we've, been, we've been having this conversation pretty candidly. Um, you got something? Uh, I'm afraid. You're afraid to say it? I'm afraid to say Well, let me say No, I don't have anything I'm afraid to say. I'm just afraid to try to, try, you know, giving people advice about if they should have a baby or not. Well, uh, I, and we <laughs> scares the no, crap no, 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 out no. of me. We shouldn't give any specific. <laughs> let me just premise this you by. You know what, just do it, just have a baby. Let me just say that. Uh, Blame us. Um, you will hate us. If So let's just do that. If we did give the advice to have a baby, this may be a good thing. Then they could, they could blame us and be and direct all their anger at us instead of each other. It's like you're the one who convinced me that we should start having kids. They can they can direct it all towards Rhett and Link, and then they well, can be a team. But what about the child? But well, how's he going to get out of this? Well, I'm or just she? saying in the in the moments when you're feeling like this is freaking difficult, which let's say it's half the time. The other half of the time, they're super grateful that they have kids. I mean, you're gonna have both of those times and in the time and you're like, man, this is a big mistake. It's like, why did I try to hike Everest? You're already up there. So it's like, you're almost up there. So it's like, you can't come down now, you're in it. Well, You hate us, not each other. Well, So I'm saying go for it let, let, and blame us later. Let me just premise this by saying that um, I think that uh, Children are wonderful, <laughs> and uh, I think that I think that our society is is ultimately built on the family unit, uh, and so I think that uh, healthy families, intact families, um, with committed parents who are committed to each other and their kids, is has been for thousands of years uh, the kind of glue that holds society together. You know, and I, I truly believe that. Because um, you get, I mean, you get the next generation's got to come from somewhere. And if they're raised in home, stable homes, they're going to, they're going to do better, right? So, uh, but that doesn't mean that everybody needs to be a part of, of, of that movement. And there's, and there's interesting things happening in different cultures. Like, you know, typically the way that this goes is you've got, uh, the more educated people get, the more developed countries get, the less children they have. And then you get into situations like Japan where nobody's getting married and having kids and now they're getting this age population and they want people to immigrate and they want people to come and have kids because just the way the whole system works. Uh, and then typically in developing countries, people are having lots of kids and they're kind of driving their economy and you know, there's, it's very complex. But for just the individual person and the people asking the question, and sort of the thing that we've been talking about with our friends is that you just have to know, like we didn't know. We were on a very different path. We were on the path that was graduate from college, get married, have, have kids. And that is a- uh, Get a good job. That typically is like, uh, it's like Southern United States, Midwestern United States. Like there's some pockets of the country where that's kind of the path that people go on. Like it may be weird that I've got a 13 year old kid, but if I go back to North Carolina, everybody my age has a 13 year old kid. Um, it is weird here. But it's, un it's unusual here. So if you, if you already have established a life in kind of the people that we know, travel all the time, they've been to all seven continents. They went to seven continents in one year. And they're all- I didn't all, even know there were seven. They're all over the place. They're constantly doing things and they have both- By the have, way, my dad's only been married four times. Yeah, I thought about correcting you, but then I was like, he probably knows better than I do, nope, but I thought it was I didn't. four, I only remember four. And there's seven continents, okay, so okay. I got both you, those right now. You got it. Um, I just told them I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you whether you should have kids or not. I just want to let you know that 
you you if you have children, you you won't go to seven continents in one year. Well, it, so it, you just need to understand that. And you may be like, well, we've already been to seven continents in one year. We've done that, and now we're ready for this different adventure. Right. So that so so Nat Pua saying. She's expecting in June, is this the end of all things romantic? Well, Rhett's saying this is the end of visiting all seven continents. Definitely. And, until, for a long time. But and, we, but, and this is also probably the end of one of you. But they can retire, They can. the kids will be out of the house depending on how old they are and then they can visit all seven continents well, if but, they want to. But it's also, it's not just about travel, it's also about career. You know, in our situation, our wives made a sacrifice to be the ones who spent the majority of their time right. with the children and just now that our kids are in school and getting older, they're beginning to think about their careers. Huge sacrifice. And you know, and that typically, historically, that burden has fallen more to, to women than men. Uh, that's changing a little bit. Uh, but you also have to think about that because if, if you both have something that's going to take a bunch of your time, you both got these big dreams and these big desires, you got to you just got to know that something is going to change monumentally and if you both aren't on the same page about that, Bringing a child into that is probably not a great idea. Well, I, I got two things. First of all, um, so to your specific question, does this mark the end of all things romantic? Yes. <laughs> for for at least a year. I mean, you're you're gonna you or until you can get a good babysitter, you gotta you gotta find a good babysitter, and then you gotta be committed to paying that babysitter and you can't so that be you one, can one have of these dates. couples. You can't be one of these couples who doesn't that doesn't let the kids stay with the babysitter. Yeah, yeah it's like we have we can't do or this grandma, because of the baby. Or aunt. I say pawn that baby off on somebody as soon as it is just it can live on its own. Anybody. <laughs> I mean, anybody you know. passing by on a train. No, someone you trust. Um but you gotta be committed to that if you have any hope of ever recapturing the romance because it's gonna be gone for a while. Don't let it be gone forever. You're at a, cru you're at a crucial point, Pooas. Get that babysitter, but in, and I'm not volunteering. Um, second thing, back to, the, back to the previous question about the, um, should we, can, can we convince, can I convince him one way or the other so we can quit going back and forth I'm gonna give him some specific advice. You tell me if you disagree or uh -oh. this is if it's dangerous. Uh -oh. Any caveats? Melissa and your hubby, you should um, earmark a certain amount of time. I'm talking about days to weeks with a starting point and an end point when, where you are not going to discuss it but you are going to, you give, each, you give yourselves and the other person the assignment to reflect and go on whatever a vision quest means to you to make a decision for right now. Are you talking about ayahuasca? I'm No, I'm talking about whatever that means for you. Because I don't think you should advise that. I'm not, that that's I, an no, individual's decision. I'm not advising decision. that. I don't, know, I don't even know how to spell that. It starts with an I probably. <laughs> um, I just don't think it's healthy for you to try to convince or influence each other or even verbally process it. Because I, I, I get the Im, Im, Im impression that you've done that a lot. So I th I'm doing like palm reading here. I can sense that. No, I'm not. And then I think you should you should you should ha come back with an answer, and then you should three, two, one, say your answer, and the question should be specific. Like, so for the next six months, are we going to like let's make a decision now for the next. X amount of time. I'm going to say six months before we before we start pick up this decision again to maybe have children. I, th I think that's uh, I think and that's then good you, advice. Three, two, one, like we do on GMM, and you say your answer, yes or no. And if you both say the same thing, then you do it. If you you either, yes or no, you either start having trying to have a baby or not. And then if if you disagree. You gotta wait. I th it's, this is not the type of thing that you can convince the other person of or say, well, if you feel that strongly, of course this is coming from somebody that our third child, we decided to um, you know, start trying to have, who ended up being Lando, the conversation was, well, I'll participate in, in trying to make a third baby if I get to name the baby, if it's a boy. Like, that was literally the negotiation. 
But you already had two, so it wasn't like, it wasn't the decision to break the seal and have children. Right. It was to add That's a third. A, yeah, by the time we get to three, it can just come down to like frivolous negotiation or something like who gets to name the child. Right. If I get to name it, we can make it. I don't think, I, so I don't ultimately think your your advice is bad. I mean, another way to say it is, you know, it, you could have a, you could have say, we're gonna set a date by which we, maybe you have a summit. Maybe you just say, we're gonna take a day, we're gonna go somewhere and the focus of our conversation, our interaction, especially if you don't feel like there's one person who would manipulate the other, and we're just gonna make a decision together. Or you know what, you just do ayahuasca. Don't, that's a joke. Um, are you, are you not gonna read something from there? You want me to well, move it said to four one? on that page, I thought it was your turn. But you're being so reckless. Okay, no, I got one. Then I'll read one. I got one. Uh, Shannon Herbin, how do I get my hubby to rinse the caked on peanut butter off his spoons before putting them in the dishwasher? Yes, peanut butter is the nectar of the gods, but it turns into the devil's shoe gum once it's been sitting in the sink a few hours. These are the conflicts upon which the foundations of partnerships are eroded. Mm. <clears throat> it's the little things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me spend the next 30 seconds clearing my throat. Yeah. Pua. Pua. I'm just looking for an opportunity to say that name again. Pua. P-U-A. It's exactly what you would think it's spelled like. I do, well I thought it would be spelled with two O's and an A. It's with a U. I frequently sink my spoon into the delicious brown nectar of peanut butter. Is this a euphemism or are you talking about talking about spoon peanut and butter. peanut butter? <laughs> and then, and you know what? When I'm done with that spoon, there's not a, there's not a remnant of peanut butter. You're not normal though. Because that's, I mean, it is a pet peeve of mine. It's wasteful yeah. and it and it creates these problems. And and you know what? I think that Chrissy and I, you know, you talk about being lucky, things that you couldn't understand, but I think one of the keys to our compatibility is is how we both like, uh, and maybe this is because our, our skills and our faults line up in this way, but we're so compatible when it comes to like keeping a house, like, Keeping spoons, like we would both be annoyed by those things where it's like shared space type stuff. Like everything needs a place, and let's organize stuff, and let's use the dishwasher in this way. Like we we're very compatible. I think it has ended up being a, a, being a real key to our relationship in that we're compatible in that way because we both care so much about something that if the other person didn't, it would drive us nuts. So I really feel for you that he's putting these tainted uncleaned peanut buttered spoons in the in the dishwasher you make it sound so scandalous man um that's that's tough man well i think i think it it could be grounds for divorce. It, it could i think it could lead to divorce well it could lead to divorce i don't think it's grounds for divorce no it's not now, grounds. I, I have the a, a different perspective which i think is interesting in light of what you just said i don't know how to fix it um for, for you, I Be, wish I could. Because I, it, it's interesting because Jesse and I are not on the same page when it comes to the way that we approach, quote, keeping a house, as you said. Uh, but my level of uh, concern about it is very, very low. So first of all, like Jesse's an incredible designer, our home is amazing. It's like we get compliments all compliments on it all the time, and I'm like, it's her. She's the one. She makes all these decisions. It looks great because of her. I like what you've done with the peanut butter spoon in the sink, and uh, and it's and it's it's clean and it's beautiful, but there's a few drawers you probably shouldn't open. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? And I I assume that every drawer at the Neil Neil house is worth opening and useful and organized and you probably have like organizers and that oh, kind yeah. of thing. When people come over, we ask them to open the drawers. Yeah, open a drawer, I dare you. Just fishing for compliments. And so, but there, we've got closets and doors that are hiding things and have been hiding them for a very long time. You shall not pass. And interestingly, I, I don't, that's not what I would do and, uh, but 
I think the fact that I have a high tolerance level for it. So it's like, I would not do this in the drawer, but I'm not gonna it's open- It's not a source of contention. But I'm not gonna open this drawer and let it really get my goat. And so therefore, we're, compati- we're totally different than you guys, but, but compatible. And if I felt the way that you feel about it, then it, either I would have had to have changed or she would have had to have changed, right? Right. But this specific issue with the peanut butter spoons is very, very real in my family with my children because I was just telling somebody the other day, we go through two full-size large peanut butters a week in my home. Wow. My kids eat so much peanut butter. It is, and, and I do too, and so does uh, Jesse. And on the spoon? We, we put it on a lot of things. You know, I don't talk about how much I love peanut butter a lot of times because you know, it's kind of your thing from a brand standpoint. <laughs> can only be my thing. But um, I probably eat more than you do. Well you, that's not, you eat more of everything no, no, than I, I do. No, I probably eat more peanut butter. Like I have a peanut butter spoon. You still do the peanut butter spoon in the chocolate milk every night? Not every night. I have peanut butter spoons all the time and my kids have them all the time and they take them and they, and they eat them and they don't, get it completely clean and they throw it in the sink. Well, and for, be times that's like, why you go through so much peanut butter because they don't yeah, lick the spoon I, clean. I, I'm not arguing with you. I lick it clean. I, I don't, I don't, I, and, I lick it clean. And they throw it in the sink? In the sink and sometimes I'll go and there'll be like seven. And we've only got four people in our and home. And then it'll have a little water on it from where the water has gotten down into the spoon. I can't thing. stand and, it. And it lightens the color of the peanut butter but it doesn't do anything to it. So you sit there and when you wash it, You've got to use your thumb to get it out. Yeah. Well, Shannon, that's that's wrong. To, that that is so inconsiderate. Make them use their own thumb. I think you got to wash it. You got to. They got to wash their own. I think you got two. Got to rub their nose. I in think it. you got two choices, Shannon. You rub your kid's nose in it. Tell mm. me what you've done before you tell her what to do. Well, because if you can't fix the problem, gi- I'm going to give you two options. Option one is don't fix the problem. Fix. Let let it not be a problem. Well, right. someone has to clean the spoons. You're saying don't complain about it. Uh, when yeah. you have to hand clean. Yeah, you just take care of it and you just do it. Um, but option two is you take those spoons and you find a place. In their bed. That's his, a place that, I wouldn't go bed, and just a place like, that's Like Godfather his. horse. Like maybe the passenger seat of his car. You just take a plate and you put all the peanut butter spoons on the plate and you just set it in his car on the passenger seat. Passive aggression. Yeah, and just say, all right, you want you, you can take care of these. This is what you wanna do, you can take care of these. I mean. No, uh, I, 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 I don't, I mean there's gotta be a way to not be so pass, passive aggressive, but I think. Or you just talk about it, that's no fun. No, I, I think he, he does have to wash his own spoons. Like if you, you know, a, you know, a kid doesn't wipe their own butt until you stop wiping it. Well, no, there was a few months there when nobody was wiping Shepard's butt. Yeah, I and mean, there's sometimes there's a gap. What do you mean a gap? What are you talking about? I'm saying sometimes there's a gap between when you stop and they start. Oh, there's a couple of months, maybe a couple of weeks, where they're just there's just poop on the butt. So I mean, poop in the gap. I'm just saying what you said sounded like a great point, but I'm just saying there's exceptions, and I'm familiar with one. What are we gonna you do? Know, with you this know one? what I mean? I think we should pick the best question to end on. <clears throat> okay. It's a little weird, so let's end with that one. Joseph Allen. First off, longtime listener, first time caller. Oh, thank you for calling. What's your question, Joseph? Second, my friends moved in with me and it has really put a cramp. Friends? Plural? My friends moved in with me. Okay. Uh, I, I, it sounds like there's multiples. Uh, and it has really put a cramp in my wife and I's romantic styles, if you catch my drift, what oh. do we do? So he's married to a wife and they have romantic styles, but now he's got friends living there. Uh, this is this is, uh, this is trouble. This is oh. very, very troublesome. And you wanna have your romantic stylings. Liaisons, you might call them. Well, I've got, I've got three friends who live in my house, my children, <laughs> and I still find a way to have romantic stylings and they have little to no clue about what's going on. Yeah. Um, but you know, they each have, I, I, I have my own bedroom. Yep. Um, Maybe they share a wall. You don't share a wall, you, you're on a totally different floor. 
That's right. With your kids. That's right. I'm on. A, I'm across the hall, so I don't share a wall. But for a but adult, what if they share a wall? Let's just assume they share a wall. But for adult friends, I mean, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to tiptoe around in your own house to do naturally human partnership activities. Well, some team people, building exercises. You know what I'm saying? Some people. <laughs> Well, I think he's, I mean, when he said romantic stylings, I mean. Romantic stylings, partnership. He, he actually said romantic styles. So maybe he's got different different styles. <laughs> I, I know a couple. <laughs> but, so anyway, I think, let's just assume that there is, maybe we're just talking, maybe this is a small apartment, maybe the walls are thin, maybe one or both of them are uncomfortable knowing that someone's in the next room. I don't know. Let's just assume that's the situation that we're in right now. Then, because the easy answer is what is what you suggested, which is what I do, which is like, I don't worry about it. You know, turn the music up and put the kids to bed, whatever it takes. But let's assume that's not an option. You gotta have a system. Well, and I think it's on your, it, it, you know, this is not like accommodating your guests. I think this is a scenario where they the, have to accommodate the your permanent, styles. The permanent guests have to be sympathetic to, hey, they're on your turf. And you know, they're in your territory. And you know, you're not, you can't apologize for marking your territory. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, and I say you gotta, you gotta have a way to communicate very clearly. Now, first of all, you could just say like, tonight's the night, but it's, it doesn't always happen like tonight's that. You don't, you don't. The night. I just think we gotta have a system of like flags or something. You know, like red flags on the door, you know? Like a torch burning out front. Don't even come in the house. Yeah, I, yeah. I, well, I think it's a two flag system. Well, it's a three flag system. You got a flag that's on the outside of the, the door, outside. It's, it's in the hallway of the apartment building or on the front porch or whatever. And that's the styles are happening right now. Do not enter, because we could be in any room. You know, that's one system. This is where, on the porch? This is outside. I think that's a torch, but go ahead. Okay, it's a torch. Flags are- For night. Flags are safe. For night purposes. It's a glow in the dark flag. Perfect. We can do that. Perfect. And then you've got a flag system on the door. Of, the, of your bedroom. Of the bedroom. The room where the styles happened. And, uh, and that's just a, you, the flag is waving and that person just needs to know, I need, because if you're not Where's comfortable the, with the person in yeah. the next room, then I, because it sounds like that's the situation. Cause well it, then, then I hope you had a really good reason to let them stay at your house. I mean, I'm just gonna say that. Oh, you should just kick them out? I'm, I'm saying, if you, you know, if you knew this was gonna be a, I, I just hope that you have a, you know, if this is permanent, first of all, if this is permanent, you gotta figure this out quick. Where's the third flag? You said there was a third flag. Yeah, there's two flags on the bedroom door depending on what you're doing. Oh, okay. You're talking about how many flags you need to purchase, not how many locations there are for flags. Yeah. Or really like how long this is going to be. We got like a, we got like a, we got like the seven minute flag, like we'll be out there and watch TV with y'all in a second. <laughs> that's that's one flag, okay. so, they, so, so they know I don't have to leave the house. I could just go on a walk, take a smoke break, and I'll be back and everything will be cool. <laughs> and then you got another flag which is like, I need to go to Applebee's. You know what I'm saying? Dinner right. in a movie situation, I gotta leave for an extended period of time. I want my Cause baby, you, baby, cause baby. You, you never know what kind of night it's gonna be. It might be a seven minute night, or it might be like a third. Okay, a okay thir dude. A 13 minute night. <laughs> 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 you know, somewhere between seven and 13 minutes. I mean. <laughs> And if this is if this is feeling awkward for you, then that's your problem because this is it's natural. This is human. This is how we all got here. Uh, well, via flags, <laughs> the flags. <laughs> we should sell that kit. Oh man, look at the markup on that would be incredible. <laughs> Th three flags, one of them's glow in the dark. We could probably make that, get that made overseas. You think there's that much of a demand for less than a dollar for the total for like kit? A close quarter roommate situation? I don't know, but if we sell it, I mean, it's worth so much to people. We sell it for seventy five dollars. You just put the right picture on it, sell it for seventy five dollars. We used to sell a hundred of them. We're doing great. 
<laughs> have we helped you? Have we? Have we? I think we have. Boy, have we made things awkward? Have we made things worse? I don't know. But you can let us know. Hashtag ear biscuits. And we've got you know there's questions that we didn't get to, uh, so we'll try to get to these uh, romantic. Depending depending on what you thought about how we did, <laughs> we may answer more questions. If the flag <laughs> system really just that turns you off completely, then we'll never talk about this again. I'm still thinking about it though. I just feel for those people that that's the situation they're in. I feel for a lot of people. I feel like in 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 closing, I just feel very. Fortunate that you know, Burned. as young as we were, that we found the soulmates. I do believe that we that I have a soulmate, um, and you know what, she is my soulmate. And then for us, we were in this system where we had kids young, and now we're at this place where it's weird to have had kids as young as we have, but we still have so much of. Um, we've still been able to pursue our careers mostly pinpointed to the sacrifice that Christy and Jesse made to allow that so that we can have our cake and eat it too, to have uh, families, career, and a loving, committed relationship with our wives that I know that, you know, to make it this far is, is when you say luck, I, I think what you mean by that is that it's, it's not because we're awesome people and because we had all this amazing foresight and made these informed decisions like um, with like some sort of uh, magical knowledge of our compatibility we in can't, the future. We can't take credit for it. <clears throat> um, so I just feel extremely grateful that we're in this position that a lot of people don't find themselves in and um, and they're left dealing with that or trying to figure it out. So um, I don't know if that puts a puts an encouraging spin. You know, uh, I would I would like to find a way to give hope to those people who are listening who um, they're they just don't have that love in their life that they're wanting. Um, but I don't know what to say beyond I I hope you find it. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I don't I don't have a I don't have a magical thing to say, but uh our hearts go out to you. And um we we don't take credit for where we for where we are. I'll leave it at that. I agree with all that. And the only thing I have to add is um Pua. We'll speak at you next week. And we love you. <laughs>